end of the book of Jude. We've still got at least tonight. We'll have a short class tonight and then uh, uh, another week or so. Uh, we're on verse number 22. That's where we want to begin tonight. We talked about it to some degree last week, but I want to go back because it ties in directly to verse number 23 and what we're talking about. And so we'll review just a little bit, and then we'll move on forward. He says there, beginning in verse 22, and have mercy on those who doubt. And then he goes on in verse 23, save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now, as we think about those two verses together, uh, it's sort of like... Uh, three patients, I, I read one writer who put it this way, uh, three kinds of patients with three kinds of medical treatments. You know, when we used to run medical calls, sometimes we'd have to get out the oxygen tank and the, and the, uh, uh, the, the defibrillator and those kind of things, you know, in order to, uh, uh, to take care of a patient. But sometimes uh, they just had something totally different and none of that stuff was needed. And so... What we have here in these two verses is three different kinds of people who need to be saved. Three different ones who need different methods, if you will, to, uh, to be dealt with. Sometimes we think one size fits all in, in just about everything we do, and, and that's not necessarily the case. There are some things that are similar in, in these two, but uh, uh, there are some other ideas and things that we at least mentioned last week that that you know, we, need to, we need to consider and understand that we need to make some distinctions, make a little bit of difference. And so, again, in verse number 22, have mercy on those who doubt. We have mercy, as we talked about last week, because uh, God is the one who had mercy on us. And so, uh, for the things that God does for us, we are indeed to do to others as to the best of our ability. But the last part of it, having mercy on who? On those who doubt. Uh, somebody mentioned to me last week that their translation didn't say anything about doubt. Indeed, the King James Version translate that, translates the verse in this way, and of some have compassion making a difference. If you look at the New King James, it says it this way, and on some have compassion making a distinction. And so we talked about the word, and the word um, that's translated doubt means to separate thoroughly, to discriminate uh, by implication, to decide. And so what the King James translators and the New King James translators did was apply that to the one uh, who, is, um, who is doing the work, who is, who is having mercy. And what other translations, very reliable translations, such as the American Standard Version, says it this way, and on some have mercy who are in doubt. And the New American Standard has it this way, and, and have mercy on some who are doubting. And of course, the English Standard Version that we have on the screen translates it, and have mercy on those who doubt. Rather than doing it like the King James and putting the, uh, the, the making of the distinction on the one who's having mercy, the distinction is being made by the one that you're having mercy upon. And so the point, and I think the point is valid, and the translation of the English Standard, the American Standard, New American Standard probably is a more valid translation. And these people, there are some, as we talked about last week, who are really struggling with their concept of God, with the ideas about God, with 
the teachings of God and they're seeking, they're, they're sincerely seeking the truth. And so we show mercy on them. We, we seek to help them every way we can in order to come to a, a better understanding of the Word of God and, and to come to full faith in the gospel, of the gospel. And so that's the first category, it seems, that, that uh, Jude is dealing with. Those who are, who are struggling, they haven't yet come to uh, a, a full belief in the gospel. They're, they're, they're doing their best, they're striving to do that, and, and yet they haven't quite made it there. We are to continue, and again, as we mentioned last time, we are to continue, that's a continuous thing, the way it's written, we are to have a continual mercy toward these people, trying to help them get to the right state. Now, the second class, he mentions in the first part of verse number 23, he said, save others by snatching them out of the fire. And then you'll notice in verse 23, then to others show mercy with fear. Okay, So you've got two different classes of folks who are there. Let's look at the first one in verse 23. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. Uh, these, it seems, have slipped further into error um, than those in verse number 22. They're, they're, they're not quite as clear, they're, they're, they're not as near, I guess you might say, as those in verse 22. They are, they are uh, <coughs> it's hard, either a person is saved or lost. Let me, let me say this this way, either a person is saved or lost, you can't be halfway one or the other. But he's not talking about halfway saved or halfway lost. He's talking about the mind. He's talking about the idea, the concept of where the person is in their thinking, in their mind. Okay? And so these folks, they're, they're further away from the truth. They're further away from the gospel. And so he says that we are to snatch them out of the fire. Now, that's an interesting, uh, interesting way of saying it, isn't it? The word that's translated snatch, to snatch them out of the fire, literally means to seize, to pull, or to take by force. To seize, to pull, or to take by force. And so, you know, there are a lot of folks <clears throat> that, uh, uh, that, that really need to be shaken up, don't they? You just like to take them by the shoulders and shake them and say, hey, think about what you're doing, you know. You ought to know better than this. And so it seems that these may be this kind. The word is used in John chapter 6 at verse number 15. And uh, it's interesting there, the word that's translated snatch. Uh, in John chapter 6 at verse 15, perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force. This is Jesus. And uh, uh, in one of the, on one occasion when, when a group of people were coming after him, perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And so to take by force is the same word that we have here in the book of Jude, verse number 23. Same is true in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. And I think, I wanted to add this one, I think we understand the word, but I wanted to add this one <coughs> because it's just interesting. And somebody read verse, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17 for me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. Just an interesting way of 
what Paul writes here is, is interesting. He, Jude talks about snatching folks out of the fire. But what does Paul say here in 1 Thessalonians 4.17? All right, obviously, the, uh, he's talking about the second coming of Christ, and he's talking about uh, what's going to happen uh, to those who, who are faithful down here, those who are alive and remain. But what does he say is going to happen? We're going to be... What was it? How, how was it said? Caught up? You know, it, that's the word that's used by Jude. Called snatching it. It's almost as if... It is a violent taking away, if you will. The point is, it's going to happen so quickly that there will be no, uh, I mean, not even a, hardly a bat of an eye. Okay? And so that's the idea, that's the concept. But it's the same word, snatching them out of the fire, being caught up. It is a, you know, an instantaneous event. Okay? That's what he's talking about there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. At verse 17. Yeah, some, some take that to be the, the rapture, but you've got all groups, you know, being disposed of in some way or another here in this passage. So as we look at it. All right. And so, you know, there's some who, who we really need to work hard with. We, we need to push a little harder with. Okay. Number three. He says... To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Again, these, it seems, have gone even farther. Because it's with these that we are, ourselves are to continue to show mercy, just like we did with the first group. But with this one, there's something else that's added to our mercy. And what is, what is it that's added to our mercy on, on our part our, uh, as a Christian? What's added to our mercy you know, from, the, from the standpoint of a Christian here in uh, the la this last group in verse 23? We are to show mercy with, with fear. What does that mean? What has Jude been writing about for basically the entire book? He, he said, I had a mind, it was my intention to write about the common salvation, but there's an emergency that has come up. There are some, basically, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, there are some who are seeking to turn you away from the truth. And, and we've dealt with all of that throughout our study of the book of Jude. And so these are, are not necessarily struggling with their faith, these are not just a little farther. These are some of the devil's workers, if you will. They're, they're, they're pulling people away, coming and going, or at least trying to do that. And we need to be careful, fearful ourselves. Phobos is the word that's used here. We are to have a phobia, if you will, of these so that we ourselves don't get caught up in their false teaching. That's the concept that I think he's, he's teaching us here. There are some folks who can make things sound so good that even very faithful Christians can get caught up in it. And I've seen that happen. 
I've seen people get caught up in false teaching and completely leave the truth. They would start out working with or against one thing and find themselves going to that exact extreme themselves. And so Jude is warning us about that. He said to show others mercy, but we are to be fearful. We are to be watching out for our own soul. We have to be careful that we don't get caught up in what they were doing. And there was a great danger, a great, very great danger, that the church and the people that Jude is writing to could do that. And we've seen it. They were very influential. They were folks who, who uh, uh, were doing things and, and making it sound good and, and complimenting folks and all kinds of things. And so no wonder then he would write about those in verse number 24, that we are, we are to be, be very careful ourselves. Okay, But let's keep going right here. We are to... Show mercy with fear, and then doing what? Hating even the garment that's stained by sin. Now, what does he mean by that last phrase there? Hating the garment stained by sin? You know, when we look at that, we might think of a garment that where we've been out working. You know, used to when... Uh, when I was working for my daddy when I was growing up, uh, all my work clothes, we, we didn't have uniforms or anything. We just had blue jeans and stuff like that that we worked around the shop. And none of them, none of my old blue jeans didn't have grease. Mama would wash them. She'd do her best. But they were stained. Okay? They were stained with, you know, working around the shop. That's not what Jude says. That's not the garment that Jude is talking about. It's more interesting than that. Jude says, hating even the garment. The word garment here in this passage is not an out, outside garment. It's not a robe. It is the tunic that is worn on the inside, the garment that is worn nearest to the skin. Now, there's a distinction made in other places in the Bible. Go to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5 at verse 40, and we'll see the distinction in the two. Okay? This one is translated in this place simply in the, by the term garment. Uh, a different word is used, but it's the same, same word in the original language that's used there in Matthew chapter 5 at verse 40. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Okay. Word is translated tunic here in Matthew chapter 5 at verse number 40. And, and, and he said, if somebody sues you for your tunic, go ahead and let them have your cloak. That word is translated as robe or coat or outer garment in other places. And so this garment that he is talking about here is the inner garment, a long inside garment. Uh, we might even call it underwear. Having even the underwear, the tunic, the inside garment stained with sin. 
Now, again, just because it's interesting, I'm going to throw this one in. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 10 again. Maybe you haven't thought about this one. But Matthew chapter 10, verse 10 is pretty interesting too. Jesus is sending out the twelve apostles. In this particular case, if you go back and read just a little bit earlier in Matthew chapter 10, and he's telling them what to take and what not to take. So somebody tell us what some of the things he said not to take. Don't take a suitcase or don't take two tunics. Don't even take a pair, a change of underwear. Don't even take a change of underwear. That's not exactly how he says it, but that's what he's saying. Don't take two of these inside garments even. When I go somewhere... Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I go somewhere... I, I, I want to take a lot more clothes than is necessary because I might get sweaty and I don't want to stink. Okay? You know, I, I want to have something to change into. Jesus is saying this is so urgent for you to do and, and for others to understand what you're doing, that labor is worthy of his hire, that you're to be cared for while you're there. You're not even to take a change of underwear. Wow. That's urgent, isn't it? That is urgent. Back to the book of Jude. The one whose, whose garment, who, whose inner garment, whose underwear is stained by the flesh. Now, the picture that you get mentally with that ought to be taken to a spiritual sense. Okay? You think about dirty underwear being stained by the flesh. But that's not the flesh that he's talking about. He's talking about the sinfulness that we have in our life. And so, you know, that which is so close, you know, we're to have mercy on them even though they're wearing dirty underwear. They're made filthy by sin. That's what he's telling us. And these are those that we look at as the really, 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 Bad sinners. That's who he's talking about. Okay? All right. It's about time for us to ring the bell. I think we're having our young people, the young men will be in here, young ladies again downstairs. So uh, if you want to be making your way down there for the lads to leaders.